mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower, 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Hour number three is upon us. Beautiful day outside, by the way. If you're out roaming around, enjoy. Uh, it will not be like this forever, but this is a fabulous day that we have, and it's why we live in Colorado. Not quite a Chamber of Commerce day, but pretty stinking darn close. Hardly any wind blowing, 84 degrees. Very nice outside. So if you're out and about, enjoy. We are still inside. We'll be here for the rest of this hour. Any questions that you have for us here on Drive Radio, please give us a call, 303 303- Four seven seven five six zero zero, and again, question of the day is: I wish I'd never sold my X blank, whatever. Could be car, truck, gun, you name it. Uh, good friend of mine just texted in. Sold my 1960 Chevy Apache half ton truck thirty years ago to get married. <clears throat> Two years later, she left me and my daughter for. An accountant. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but should I should have kept the truck. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't be laughing, but um, yeah, should 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 have kept the truck. Eric in Denver, what's going on? Hey, you guys. I'm going to throw in my two cents on the question of the day. Let's hear um, it. Uh, my dad actually gave me this car. He just gave it to me. And it, this car was immaculate, and it, it's kind of like an overlooked car. A lot of people don't talk about this car, but it was like an early 70s or late 60s Fury, or it was a Fury 2. Okay. And it was immaculate, and it had a 318 with a four-barrel. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the most overlooked cars, because it was fairly fast. And in fact, there were some municipalities in the late 60s that actually used that car as a cop car. That's true. You are correct. Yes. Actually, and, quite a few did back then. Oh, did they really? Oh, yeah. Now, I'm sure theirs had a 383 in it, but... Um, that, you know what, I am, I'm, not a, I'm not a Dodge guy or a Plymouth guy, but you could be right on that one, Eric. They might have a 383 because a 318 is a little bit too small for that car because it's kind of heavy. It is. It um, is. But I think maybe the 318 is probably one of the most overlooked V8s. Uh, you don't think of a 318 when you think of a fast car, you know. It was a pretty staple engine for them also. Right. I think mechanically it's probably – uh, a little more reliable and lasts longer than a 327, but I think a 327 may possibly be the one of the best V8s ever made for you know speed. You know. Well, that's a yeah. That that's a uh, uh, 
oh, I, how do you want to say staple for the the you know the the Chevy you know end of things. And I was just, I was going to say earlier when the guy was mentioning we we had uh, Doug calling in about the '56 Olds. It got too expensive to own. Uh, that's why these Chevys were less money because that small block. I mean, you just as you know, Eric, that was a, a engine that really set set the path for Chevrolet particular, and it got the point to where all of them started using that configuration over time. The you know Chevrolet configuration kind of kind of um, won out, I guess you could say, across all the others to where that became the engine of choice across all. If it was a V8 or even the, some of the V6s, you know Buick and and Chevrolet both became kind of the dominant on the V6 end of things. But that small block Chevy, which even what's in the trucks today, it's not exactly the same engine, but it is a configuration of. So think about that. From 55 to 2022, the basic same configuration. Uh, they're not exact. I know. Nobody, please don't correct me on that. I know they're they're not the same as they used to be. They're you know one piece seal, you know you know crankshaft and many other changes. But the the idea of that small block, Eric, is still living today. Yeah, I I have a tendency to think that's probably the best V8 ever made. I think it is. Um, uh, the, I think an older car guys will debate that, but well, they're another- wrong, <laughs> quite frankly, and, and they're wrong on many levels because a it was one of the cheapest engines to right. you know overhaul. They were also pretty fuel efficient. I mean, a lot of those small block cars back then would believe it or not and Eric you know this they would get into the you know high teens they wouldn't get quite 20 miles a gallon because the cars were too heavy but a lot of those would run you know 17 18 miles a gallon pretty easily back then which was pretty good mileage compared to everything else running you know 10 12 miles to the gallon and right. and and they were a very because of their popularity and what happened to them and the ease of of design, I guess you could say the simplicity of the design. It was a very easy engine to upgrade and hot rod, and right. it became the staple of that hot rod world. Yeah, that, that's what I believe. That's my opinion. Uh, I think it is. No, I think you're um, correct. I, I won't. I will not. You are spot on. I will not debate you on that. It is literally. I mean, it's why so many old cars, whether it be an old Plymouth, an old Ford. Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, a lot of those old hot rods even ended up with a small block Chevy engine. I'm still true today. Yeah, they do. I, I happen to agree with that. Um, uh, I think, uh, I believe, ask me, you tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe another reason why the 318 and the 383 Mopar engine didn't uh, take off as much is uh, a 327 is much faster off of a dead stop. But those other, the Mopar engines, the power in them doesn't kick in until you get up to about maybe 15, 20 miles an hour. It's got to get rolling first. That's it. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I think, too, the one thing we, we tend to forget about, and this was something that a lot of people back in the day used to be upset at Chevrolet over, but Chevrolet was the only engine. That small block Chevy was the first rear sump rear distributor engine and because of that eric given the fact that gravity pushes oil to the back it was Uh an engine that rarely ever starved for oil it's one of the reasons why they typically would last longer than a lot of their counterparts because it had literally the best oiling system of any of those engines back in the day and still to this day is that way Right. You, well, I've never heard that, but I believe you on that. Um, yeah, and then the, yeah. the reason why a lot of the technicians didn't like them is because the distributor being back against the firewall made them really hard to work on. Oh, I see. 
That's why that's why a lot of guys hated them because they were tough to, you know, back then you tuned a car up every, you know, 6,000 miles or so, points, condenser, all that kind of stuff. And that distributor being up against the firewall made it a lot more difficult where everybody else had it right there in front of you. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, that makes sense. But that rear oiling, um, again, because the sump was in the back, and if, every, you can always tell a Chevrolet small block. I can tell you an oil pan off a Chevrolet small block versus everything else because the sump is in the back. Oh, okay, yeah. And that and that's I, I what would, made them a more, I don't want to say reliable engine, maybe isn't the right way, but they, were, they, they had better longevity because they had a better oiling system. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. If you're out on a freeway going 50 or 60, do you think the Mopars might have an advantage there over a 327 mm. once you get up to speed? Great question. Again, not being a Mopar guy, probably depends on right. just how they're how they're each built. I mean, that's such a broad question. If they're both equally the same stock, uh, you might be at an advantage on the Mopar end of it, just because of what you're talking about, the head design and so on. Um, now, again, that that's a broad question because it depends on how they get built and what gets changed and so on. But bone stock, you're probably right. Yeah, that that's what I've always kind of thought about Mopar is once you get them rolling, I think they do have a, you know, maybe a slight advantage. I don't know if it's a huge one or not, but uh, I would think that the 327, once you get the car up to about 70 miles an hour, maybe you it would be at a disadvantage there kind of, you know. And there's a lot of articles out there, by the way, talking about that 318 being one of the best small block Mopar engines ever built. So you are correct on that, Eric. Yeah, it just got overlooked. I agree. A lot of people don't agree. ever. Uh, well, a lot of the Mopars that, got overlooked, period, just because Chevrolet and Ford were the dominating force. I mean, I hate to say this, but Mopar was just a redheaded stepchild. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you're right on and that. And by the way, not, uh, not, not rightfully so. It's just the way it turned out. Well, yeah, sometimes it's uh, in marketing, it, it doesn't work the way it should. That's right. Uh, Sony had a way better uh, cartridge. Oh, they than, did uh, by far. The, ba- the beta tape was far better than VHS. Far better. And but everybody looked at it yep. and it looked kind of dinky. That's right. You know? And then and they and the other guys marketed better. You're exactly right. That's where marketing won out. Not the best product. Right. Great I example. Yeah, that might have been part of it, too. They probably didn't market it correctly. No, Sony didn't. And the other problem that Sony had was it was Sony only, and there was big royalties to pay them if you made a machine that took a beta tape. That was the other reason why the beta didn't do as well. Oh, Sony shouldn't have done that. They would have sold a lot more of them, but they were hard-pressed to make it theirs only. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I so, see what you're saying. Anyways. But uh, anyway, that car was... One of the most overlooked cars, but that's the car, that Fury. I wished I would have kept that thing. It was a mess. Oh, yeah. No, good, good conversation. <laughs> Eric, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. I'll run to the next call here. Actually, got to take a break. Paul, hang tight in the springs. You've got a question of the day answer as well. Guys, we'll be right back. A number to call in, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, 
we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa Auto Parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa. Get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. We live in uncertain times. Energy prices are through the roof. But what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, we are back. And really quick, before I take uh, Paul, just I looked it up just so I ha- had to know. So the first two generations of the small block Chevy, which ran all the way to 2003, they produced 100 million units of. Has to be one of the largest engines ever made, you know, largest production number engines ever made, 100 million. Paul in Colorado Springs, you're next. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. Got a couple of the got a couple of these uh, things you wish you never sold. Sure. And, uh, and some some I'm sure glad I did. <laughs> good but point, so, by the way. Good point. Well, for myself, it's mostly motorcycles. I had an '85 VFR 1000 uh, Freddie Spencer replica, mm. and that that was quite a machine. Yeah. And then, uh, and I had that most recently. I had a Triumph Rocket Three Roadster 
with a power commander and off the road pipes on it, and man, was that a hoot to ride! Nice 2300 23, cc engine. The piston's about the same size as a 350 Chevy. Jeez, nice. Nice. 147, 147 horse at the back wheel. That's a head. lot for a motorcycle. <laughs> and then, uh, but in my dad's case, he's the one that really cried before he passed away a while ago. In about 1973, he picked up a 69 AC Cobra, oh, a geez. small engine, the two Oh, geez. Bought it from a pop smoker out in the boondocks up in Minnesota. <laughs> he had the car for about six months, sold it for $8,500. Oh, my word. And uh, it drove him nuts everywhere he took it. He thought he was going to go to jail. Everywhere he took it, he'd catch somebody sitting in it going through the gears or some woman leaning on the fender. And He said, man, if I keep driving this thing anywhere, I'm going to go to jail for punching him out. Jeez. That car, as you know, <laughs> restored, um, depending, depending upon how its original condition, can't talk. Depending upon its original condition may not even need to be restored. That's a million-dollar car, as you know, Paul. It is. And he also had a 435-horse Corvette. and. Uh, and 20, 25 other Corvettes to try wow. power. Wow. He's, yeah, those Cobras, uh, I mean, really, it's funny. You, you know, you always see a Cobra go by, and the first thing somebody will ask is, is that real? And the first answer back typically is, um, not if they understand the value, it's not. So typically, no. There's only, like, one guy that I ever know of. It's a friend of my dad's that actually owns an original one. He actually will bring it out and drive it, which I do not understand, Paul, because if I owned one, I'd never drive it. Yeah, it's kind of risky. It's an investment. You it's just a watch huge, them go by I mean, it's like driving a piece of art that you don't want to get damaged. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and by were, the way, it's not very... its not you that you have to worry about. It's all the knuckleheads around you you have to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was his deal with it, and it yep. wasn't so much getting in an accident. That's just, right. You know, vandals. That's right. People so curious and, and people with no manners. That's right. You're 100% correct. Paul, good story. But good story. But as far as the stuff I'm glad I got rid of, that would be my my diesel motor home last year okay with diesel prices right now yeah good it point be, it would be parked like a cobra good point yeah there's not not cheap to drive right now as you know uh, at any rate quick question we've talked before about this 2001 grand cherokee i've got okay i picked it up while i was looking for somebody else for a car it's only got sixty thousand miles on it and i that's where i had to fix the front wheel drive with the right length axle uh-huh right on, on the four by four right well, it's got another weird one now. Every once in a while, maybe two-thirds of the time, you'll get in it. doesn't matter if it's been sitting overnight or just a few minutes. Turn the key, you hear the starter drive clunk in, it doesn't turn over. Hmm. Let off the key, hit it again. Usually it'll go. Third time, it'll always go. It'll run a little bit off for a second, and then it'll be fine. Once in a while, I'll get a puff of smoke. Could that be leaky? And I, I swapped the starter on it just thinking it had to be no, you know, probably not. a number of starts of yeah, well, it didn't do me any good, and that was interesting too. The only way to get it out of there was to was to uh, strap it down on the tow hooks onto my lift post, mm. get enough clearance to get it out mm -hmm. of there, so I didn't mm -hmm. have to drop the exhaust. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking maybe the doggone fuel injectors might be leaking a little. Yeah, they may be seeping. Yeah, yeah, it did some time in Alaska, and I know what that cold weather does to those injector seats. You may want to look at those. Yes, I think you're on the right track. Before that, you could just run some. You know, do the do the you know forty four k run a you know run a can or two of that through there and see if you get any difference made with it at all. Yeah, I've done the forty four k and some cheaper injector cleaners, and uh, it seems to help for a little while, but it doesn't cure the problem. And so. it means you're on the right track. So I put, I just put injectors in it then, Paul. That, that sounds like a good. You're plan. on the right and track. That, so 
And then if I could throw another quick one at sure. you. I got a guy with a little Nissan Juke, one of those love oh, yeah. it or hate it cars. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know it. Yep. 2015, it's supposed to be a 14 turbo on it, but it's actually got the 15 turbo on it. Of course, it's made right at the cusp of the year, mm-hmm. October 14. So the turbo switched over, and he's actually got what the book says is not the right one on it. But he didn't change his oil for forever. Mm. And I got the engine flushed out. I got all the sludge flushed out, but the turbo's mm. shot. Mm. And the backside of that thing, the turbo is actually, you know, the exhaust manifold is part of the turbo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that thing is worth uh, putting a bunch of time and effort into, or should a guy dump it as a mechanic special now that the engine is flushed out and runs? How good's By the, the way, re- he had two. How good's the rest of the car? Stops in town. He, well, the rest of the car, sixty thousand miles, pretty good shape. Well, I'd fix it. It's still, it, it would still bring decent money. I'd fix it. Yeah, it's just a challenge. I don't know if I want to take that one on. It's so tight back against the firewall. If it was all on top, it'd be easy. But that one's almost as easy to pull the engine and do it and put it back in. Well, I was afraid you were going to say that. <laughs> Sometimes that's faster. I have, get, I have to get my cherry picker yep. engine hoist back for my son-in-law. There you go. All right, well, thanks a lot. Hey, no, Paul, thank good. you. Thanks so much. Appreciate the story, and uh, hope that question uh, getting answered helps as well. Mike in Arvada, what's going on? Hi, uh, John. Um, yeah, going back a couple callers uh, in the past here. Uh, the guy mentioned uh, his... Uh, Appreciation for the 318 Mopar. Right. I agree with him. I definitely agree with him on it. Also, he mentioned 383. That's a really nice engine. You know, you're you're a long-time native in Colorado like me. Uh, you know, I just noticed it, back in the time, uh, yeah, there was a lot more Chrysler, or a lot more uh, GM and Ford around uh, Denver and Colorado. Yes. This was not this was, was not a big Chrysler area, and I don't know why, Mike. Yeah, it's bizarre. I I don't either. Um, well, you know, but really, you know, even on a nationwide basis, though, um, I, probably if you look at the ratios, it probably wasn't much different in most places because they were always number three on the sales end of things. I mean, yeah, they were part of the big three, but never did as well as GM or Ford did. Yeah, yeah, that's, I you know a nationwide. I'm, not nearly uh you're probably right uh i know it's basically in colorado in 60s and 70s uh yeah i was yeah there were yeah you uh, didn't see a lot of chryslers and and there were some you know there were some i know some of them there were some dyed in the wool you know dodge mopar you know chrysler fans but they you know they just did not sell a ton of them in this area and i mike i don't know why that i can't answer never really thought about it I agree. Uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, it's, I go from personal. My dad was, uh, my dad was big on Ford uh, station wagons because he's a carpenter and, you know, the practicality right. of uh, right. protecting tools in a, in a wagon compared to uh, an open bed pickup, you know, and, uh, but yeah, it's, I, you know, and because of that, I, I want to do uh, uh, myself try out. Uh, I've had, I've had a few GM. I've had, uh, you're talking about, I, Probably the only thing I regret car-wise ever selling was I had a, uh, a super lightweight uh, 67 Fairlane wagon nice. 289, and it's a four-barrel and a super light wagon, and that thing was wicked. <laughs> I did a lot of a lot of donuts with it and a lot of high-speed stuff, and uh, I just I didn't want my brother to kill it. I went in the service, and uh, 
So I sold that off. I can't even remember what it sold it for, but it was probably a pittance compared to what it would be worth mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And the second thing, probably usually for me, it's things I could have bought. It was always $500 short. Uh, I had a really super nice Aero Straight uh, 58 Bel Air uh, two-door 348. I just was 500 short. And I always, I always used to come up to these old-timers that, they they were hip to the trick of uh, a stack of hundreds, and I think he wanted thirty five hundred, and I could only or thirty five. Yeah, he wanted thirty five hundred. I could only afford three, so I brought him the stack of hundreds, and he pretty much blew me off, you know. But that was a super hmm. nice car. I was reading I mean, to him as you were just talking a moment ago because I, I was curious yeah. as to why you know Chrysler just didn't sell as many cars, especially in in those you know that seventies era. You know, that were kind of kind of talking about and it even wikipedia the 70s were a tumultuous time for chrysler since like all american car companies the company was relying on the marketplace with, you know where cheap oil and smog filled cities were the norm uh, although chrysler entered the small car market in 71 with the dodge colt it was an import of the mitsubishi gallant and the first collaboration between chrysler and mitsubishi it did not sell as well as its competitors ford pinto and, and chevrolet Vega, as market conditions changed and gas prices rose, Chrysler could not adapt in time. Uh, critics of government regulation have claimed blah, 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 blah. I don't get into all that. But basically, because of those lower sales volumes, they didn't have the money for R&D and development and implementation of, other, you know, of the other markets after that, and they just flat got behind. Mike, that's really the answer. I didn't really ever know that but it all makes sense and of course they got so far behind that they had to have iacocca come in in the early 80s take the thing over and get it bailed out because the government did bingo yeah 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 the the k-car was uh was more or less the subsidized savior of that's uh, right that's right you're exactly right so Uh, so really what happened is they got behind and couldn't get caught up uh, yeah i totally believe it you know and i think they were a little uh, they were a little behind when it came to standard Passenger cars, I mean, they were wicked. They were wicked as far as performance, but yeah, Ford and Chevy were more practical with having commuter, yep. you know, like my dad's station wagon. That's correct. You're correct. No. You know, the, was- the other area, too, that they really lacked in, which we have to remember, really helped boost the other two up when it comes to revenue, and that is Dodge up until they come out with that Kimmings, you know, the Cummins partnership in the, the 90s, um, you know, literally – uh, they were not on the map in the truck market. They let the other two dominate the truck market for all those years, and I think that also hurt the revenue big time. Oh yeah, I uh, I totally agree. You know, the, the Power Wagon was wicked. It was that was a pretty damn good truck. Uh, my dad in law had a he loved power. He had Power Wagon with three eighteen, and uh, it did it did all right. And it was, uh, but that was early eighties. His mm-hmm. was about an eighty three Power Wagon, and uh, but yeah, I agree. I. T- I Ford and Chevy definitely on the truck. Yeah, they side. they missed uh, the mark. They, you know, you know, Chrysler could have done really well in the truck market, and you know they were the only one with a crew cab truck for the longest time, and they really could have done a better job, you know, marketing and, and really picking the pace up on that. And, and to their credit, you know, they finally came around, made that Cummins partnership work, and today they're you know they're very much a leader in the truck world. I mean, they don't sell quite what General Motors and Ford does, but they are gaining on that market every single year. So they they definitely learn from those mistakes. But I think back in the you know 60s, 70s, even 80s, uh, they they missed the mark on that. They could have had a lot better revenue if they'd have, if they'd have upped their game on the truck market. 
I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I just I'll let you go. But I want the last other regret I had uh, as far as purchasing was uh, a uh, I nearly got again. Bizarre my luck. I nearly got a '68 uh, uh, Barracuda fastback mm. with, with a 318 in it, mm. and I I was 500 short. Couldn't couldn't come up with it. Mm. I had too many toys as it was. You know, right, the right. Mama, the mama toy limit. And uh, it, it the only thing that was a little scary about it, it had uh, skeleton bench seats in it. And I thought, okay, well, that's going to cost me a nickel and a, a you know pretty penny to to uh, outfit that interior with the strip seats, skeleton seats. Mm-hmm. So I dollar short the day day late, you know. Uh, <laughs> but that would have been that been a there's very few of them. Yep, the there are. Back, uh, no, you're correct. Good stories. Good stories. Well, Mike, no, Mike, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. Up against a break, guys. Hang tight. Kyle, down in Dallas, you got a question on auto loans. Mike and Littleton, uh, hang tight. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Kurt Rogers with Affordable Interest Mortgage. You've heard me for the last eight years on KLZ, and today, my senior reverse mortgage manager of over 16 years, David Olson, has important information on reverse mortgages. 
Thank you, Kurt. I specialize in reverse mortgages, and as a senior of 75 years and owning a reverse mortgage, we face many precarious financial events. Today, we are facing a 40-year high inflation rate. The words inflation and fixed income are not compatible. How do we protect our financial stability in these difficult times? By having access to an increasing home equity line of credit, where your unused portions grow in value. An income stream for life, just like Social Security. Affordable interest mortgage. Just call 720-895-0500. Join me for a free, no-obligation conversation, your table or mine, and learn how a reverse mortgage can help you. That's 720-895-0500. David Olson. Relieve some of your financial stress in these trying times. That's 720-895-0500. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, Kyle in Dallas. What's going on, Kyle? Well, John, how you doing today? I'm good, sir. Thanks for calling us. Yeah, good show as always. Hey, I, uh, I kind of have a flip side on uh, something I should have gotten rid of. I have a flip side, something I should have bought. Uh, back in the mid-1980s, I was looking through a magazine called The Rob Report. Oh, yeah. In the back of it, they always had, they always yep. had uh, That's classified right. ads in there. That's right. And uh, uh, this guy in Midland, Texas had a... Uh, had an AC Cobra oh, for sale, and it all it needed an engine and a transmission, and he wanted twenty thousand dollars for it. Should've, I called him up; and it was it. a legit offer. And that was, uh, you know, that's back in the day when you could still find those engines right. and transmissions. Right. And I will tell you what, I, I would have sold my grandparents' house if I'd if I'd found twenty thousand dollars at the time. That would, you know, and, and again, history shows that one you would have made out on that one just fine. Let's just say that, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, anyways, uh, is what it is. I mean, you can't go back. Is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Um, another tip I have is um, I uh, I've ordered a car and I'm supposed to take delivery of it here in a couple of months and uh, a new car, and I found out that the um, the uh, uh, auto dealers or the auto manufacturers they don't have the cheap money anymore like no. they used to. They don't have the one two percent. No, they do not. And. Uh, I I have found that uh, going through a uh, uh, my credit union, the rates are a whole lot better. Uh, matter of fact, even even the money factors on leasing are uh, yes. just, they're terrible too. You're correct. So I found through my credit union that you can uh, you can you can uh, uh, get pre-approved and you can get locked in for sixty days. So if you're shopping for a car, even a used one, you know it's it might be a good idea to go ahead and lock in a rate. Because, Great idea. Uh, you know, with the increase increase in uh, mm-hmm. in the uh, prime, everybody's uh, car manufacturers, everybody's yep. raising their rates here in the next uh, next few weeks. Great, great example, Kyle. Yes, no, that that is uh, spot on. And for a lot of you listening too, where you've got. Uh, ways you know we we talk to Kurt Rogers all the time on his all-in-one loan and things like that. Yeah, there's the ability to do some things outside of that that auto manufacturer credit world, which that seems. I mean, as I, you you know this, Kyle, it's the first place they're going to send you if they're going to send send you you know sell you a new car. Uh, now, here's the other thing too to think about for a lot of you that are listening. If that's kind of the only way you can get into it, and you need to do that for two or three months, there's never a prepayment penalty on any of those. So you could get into that for two or three months, get that thing refinanced after the fact, uh, and even wait for rates to kind of come down a little bit, which I think they will, by the way, first quarter of next year, and uh, you know, first second quarter of next year. If that's the case, that would also help. But to your point, you can usually, well, not usually, you can almost always do better out of the dealership than in. Yes. 
Yeah, and and a lot of people don't realize that the uh, the manufacturers they don't uh, they don't finance anything. They nope. uh, they turn that paper over to somebody like Chase or Wells Fargo That's or right. Bank of America. That's right. And uh, you know I've I've heard some people that have dealt with, and they're you know some some of those bigger banks. I mean they're they're monsters to deal with sometimes. Uh, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. so yeah. No, you can anyway, go to your local bank. It's much better off. Great point. Yeah. Well, and, lo- and locking in a rate because, uh, I mean, the rates have gone up. Uh, per, they've, I mean, you know, whenever the prime goes up, I mean, the, uh, the, the banks raise theirs, and that affects, uh, that affects everybody. Yeah, you know, I haven't looked here the last couple of days. I, I should have. Um, I mean, what are, what are auto loan rates right now in the 5 6% range, or where are they at? Well, it depends. My credit union is really uh, is really reasonable. I mean, depending on your credit and how the, the length of the uh, the loan. I mean, I can uh, I can go anywhere from one point nine nine for thirty six months to uh, uh, two point nine nine up to seventy five months. That's the really auto good. Dealers, yeah, the auto dealers. I mean, they're uh, they're in the uh, three and a half to four uh, range already, mm-hmm. and uh, they're 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 money factors for leasing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're up in six and seven percent now. Yeah, you can do much better than that in the open market. Oh yeah, yeah. No, great, great oh, yeah. point. That that's a great tip, Kyle. I appreciate that. Everybody listening, yeah, take that to heart. Yeah. Yep. All right, Kyle. Thanks. Hey. Appreciate it very much. Appreciate the phone call, Mike and Littleton. You're next. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I'm a Mopar guy. I still own six of them, but I started with Chevys way back. Way back. I'm close to 80 years old, and I'm still doing cars. Nice. But but I was going to say, regarding Chrysler sales, two things hurt them, styling and build quality. You know, I was going to say the styling. I, I didn't get quite that far. Uh, you're correct. Their styling, well, and again, though, I think that goes back to not having the money, as you know, it ta- especially back then. We didn't have computer CADs and all that. They had to do a lot of stuff, you know, via clay, and it was very expensive you know, to do that back then, and if you if you weren't making enough money off of what you're already doing to do that, you didn't, and it showed. Yeah, their engines, power steering, transmissions were top notch, no question about them. Correct. I mean, you know, pretty hard to beat a torch light. I mean, back yep. in the day. No, you're right. Uh, they were bulletproof, durable, and everything else. What I was going to tell you was uh, the the guy who was making the comment about the Chevys were faster off the line and the Mopars were got once you got rolling was neglecting one thing and that's gear ratios. Yes. The full size the full size Mopars that I have owned over the years and I've had a bunch of them mostly came with 276 rear ends. Ah, you're correct. That's I forgot about that. You are you are dead on. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> you you couldn't get them off yep. the line. Now my well, I I had I'm looking at my 69 Coronet right now when it came it had had a 383 uh, and it had 276 rear end, and it would shift out of second at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, there you go. If you put it to the floor and drive, it would shift yep. out of second at 100. And, it, of course, you couldn't get it off the line. Right, there good was, point. Whereas most of the Chevys I owned pretty much had 355s. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, three, no, they had 331, 355, some, three, some had 373s even. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, which, which is a wonderful gear. Great and, point. And, you know, and right now, like my, my 74 Dodge truck, that's got four tens in it. Right. That's a good solid seven miles to the gallon truck. Oh, there you go. Points. Yes, it is. <laughs> but but yeah, gear ratio. So he was he was attributing it to the car. Good point. Good point, Mike. Know, yeah. The car the car doesn't know anything except its tires and its gears. And you are correct. Power. No, I, there is. You, you know, being in the four wheel drive world as I was for all those years, Mike, I did a lot of gear changes because I would tell guys they'd come in, hey, I need more power. I'm like, no. 
You don't need more power. You need a different gear ratio. What do you mean? I'm like, well, you're just not using the power you have efficiently. Let's go from a, you know, in some cases, some of those Jeeps had 308. So I could go from a 308 to a 410 or a 411, Mike, and it would make a world of difference in how that vehicle ran. Oh, yeah. I, I, I changed tires. Yep. Right right there. You can make it. That's right. That's right. Huge I, difference. So, yeah, that, you, you, great point. You're well taken. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I, I hope he's listening because that's what he's attributing that's to, right. to, to being a brand thing. It doesn't matter. It could have been a Ford. That's right. Been, Good point. Been, I mean, some of the Oldsmobiles had two forty fours. Remember that? As a high, and, by, and they say that you know, for everybody listening, that's what's considered a high ratio. Even though the number is low, it's considered yeah. a high ratio. Yeah, low, low numerical. High, that's right. High rate. That's right. That's what I wanted to point out. Good to know. Right, you're spot on, Mike. Good stuff. I still own six Mopars, and I still well, good race for you. a bit. Well, good for you. Keep it up, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. Uh, Chris in Pueblo, what's going on, Chris? Hey, um, something I shouldn't got rid of was my 65 Galaxy 500 convertible. No, you shouldn't have. Yeah, that, that thing was the best ride going down the highway, man. Oh, man. And are getting to be worth money. So, yeah, no, that's exactly one of those you shouldn't have got rid of. Yeah, and I bought it from the original owner, and it was in excellent condition. Yeah, but, you know, I'm guessing like a lot of the rest of us, you sold it because you had to. It wasn't because you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. You know? Hey, um, I got to put a 350 together. Uh, it's a throttle body motor roller. Okay. Um, what's the best rotating assembly to get? I read online, they're like, oh, don't get it balanced, you know, and get it balanced somewhere else and, you know, get it sized and, you know, all this other stuff. I've been looking at a SCAT assembly for it. What are you going to do with it? Oh, it's just going in a daily driver, four-wheel drive. Shoot, just build it and forget about it. You can do that yourself. That, no, I, I wouldn't worry about, you know, those are good enough the way they are. You don't need to worry about balancing it or blueprinting and all the stuff that guys used to do back in the race car days. For a daily driver, just make sure that things are assembled correctly, your clearances are right, and call it good. Okay. Yeah, there is no need yeah, to send anything out on that one. Even balancing it, not, not, not necessary, Chris, at all. Really? Okay. No. All right. Well, that saves me a few dollars. That's for sure. A lot, and there's there's very few guys around that'll even do that correctly. That's the other issue. I've seen a lot of those come back worse than they were sent. Yeah. Well, we we raced late model stock cars for a long time, so you know, unfortunately, my ex engine builder doesn't do it anymore. So he moved away, and I can't talk to him. So well, that one's easy enough where you can, as you know, you can do that one on your own. That's not hard. Yeah, okay. Those are about as well, easy as it gets. So is it a good deal getting a stat or an Eagle, or they're pretty much all the same? I don't know. I'm not familiar with those two brands at all. Okay. Otherwise, I would comment. I can't. I don't know them. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your time. You're very welcome, Chris. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Eric, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. We'll do our last segment. Got a couple lines open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff.
In these difficult times, Arvada West Auto and Truck is geared up servicing and maintaining their customers' vehicles. Throughout the COVID disruption, they still manage to keep their staff busy every day. As a reminder, Arvada West Auto and Truck specializes in electrical, climate control, brakes, tune-ups, emission failures, exhaust, steering, suspension, drivability issues, and maintenance services. Come visit or call Arvada West Auto and Truck. 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio All right, we are back. Eric in Denver, you are next. What's going on, sir? Hey, John. Got hey. a weird one for sure. you here. Okay, so on my 2015 Nissan Frontier, um, all of a sudden, my auto unlock has stopped auto unlocking. Okay. Uh, stopped earlier, got got it washed, and when the guy gave me the keys back, got in, took off, and drove across town, got to the store, and usually put it in park. And as soon as you turn the key off, the doors unlock. Uh, put it in park, turn the key off, and nothing. And I went home, got my factory remote out, and checked, because uh, that's how mm -hmm. you have to, I guess, check right. the, the programming settings. And I checked it, and, and according to the settings, it was fine. Um, just decides now that it doesn't want to auto-unlock. Now, usually when you would 
turn it off, you would like hear an um, there's like I can't even describe it. There's like an extra click you would hear as you would turn the key off, mm-hmm. and I'm not hearing that extra click. Hmm. Hmm. Could it maybe be just with age, my ignition starting to cylinders going? Or? I suppose. How many miles are on it? Hundred and fifty three thousand. Uh, yeah, I mean guess yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, could be onto it there. True. Okay. I I think I'd start well, there. Yeah, and I don't I'm not even sure where to start with starting there. <laughs> Might just have to give somebody a call see about getting it in someplace and yeah, have them double check it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I just so I just called Nissan, and the guy's like, well, I guess it'll be two weeks, because I told him I can't yep. do it during the week. Yeah, so that's pretty much everybody, by the way, right now. I don't have too many shops that are, that, are op, that are caught up, let's say it that way. Everybody's yeah, slammed. I called, the two, I called the two different dealers that I sometimes deal with, and both of them are about yep. two weeks out for Saturdays. And, and, like, and some of them are that far on... out during the week. Yeah, you're telling me. Yep. <clears throat> so... All right, yeah, that's okay. kind of what I was contemplating was this probably it was most likely it's going to be that, but I figured that's what you guys thought, too. All righty. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate right, it, man. As yeah. always, thanks for the phone call. Jake in North Glen, you're next. Line's open, 303-477-5600. What's going on, Jake? Oh, I just had a story about a couple of guys in, uh, that I know that bought some cars. Um, back in the day, uh, a friend of mine up the block here, Saw an ad for a 57 Dodge and uh, had a price of 500 on it. He didn't know what to expect. He went to the lady's door, knocked on the door, and she says, it's in the garage. My husband parked it there, and he died some years back. If you brought a battery, she said, you can put the key in it and drive it home. But she says, I want $500, no more, no less. Okay. And he went out in the garage, and here is a 57 two-door hardtop with a Hemi in it. Hmm. And... Um, I think it was like 32,000 miles. Wow. And he drove it home. Nice. That's a true story. That's he a good story. Yeah, no, good story. Yeah. Those those are fun to hear. And then another another guy in the car club, he uh looking for a uh, 68 uh, fastback with a 383 four-speed in it for the longest time, uh, Barracuda. Could never find one. He's driving a block away from his house and here parked in the neighbor's garage is one sitting. Oh man. And he never, he never, he never knew the guy even had it. He wow. went up there and made him an offer, and he bought the car. He's got that one. The right nice. That's a good story too. Yeah. Good job. And uh, when I uh, when I started in the auto parts business in '71, um, a friend of mine stopped by, and he said, "You know, he says I got I got to sell this car. He says I, I lost my job, and I'm not going to be able to make payments on it." And uh, he says, come on, let's go to lunch. And he gave me a ride in a 71 Hemi convertible. Nice. With a four-speed. Nice. So one of five built. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, he wanted $7,100 for it. And I was brand new, just married, and got a child on the way. And I just started a part-time job. Couldn't even work full-time. I couldn't buy it. And I'm, huh. I'm not positive, but I think that may be the car that um, – Jay Leno bought for over a million. Oh, wow. And so wow. That's, that's a couple of the stories. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been there, done that as well with you. Where You know, I should have bought such and such, but you know what? I had other things going on at the time. Yeah, I'm a retired Napa guy, by the way. Too. Nice, nice. Uh, you yeah, know, as you know, you know, we're very loyal to them, so we appreciate all that they do for us. 
they're they're very good people. They are. I mean, even even like, you know walking out the door and retired, it's like uh, it was you know wonderful experience working there. Love the place. Well, we do too. We appreciate him very much. So thank you for saying that, Jake. You bet. Great Thanks, call. man. Appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. Uh, Marianne, probably be our last call for the day. Marianne, go ahead. I uh, have a 1964 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Okay. 420, 429 engine. And I will go out there and pump it a couple of times, and it'll kick right over. Nice. Other times, I'll go out to my garage, pump it a couple of times. It wants to start, but it doesn't kick over. And uh, I'll keep trying it, still won't kick over. And I might go out three or four hours later, try to start it, and it'll kick right over. So I don't know if I need a fuel filter or a new carburetor. Probably neither. When you, so what you're saying is it'll it'll turn over, so it'll crank. It just won't, you know, it won't start. It, it won't, it won't, you know, it won't, won't, you know carburation ignition and so on doesn't function to where it'll actually start and then run at that point but normally it does but there's that few times where it doesn't is what you're telling me right yeah it wants to start it sounds like it but it won't catch okay and then when you when it does all you've all you've literally done is kind of wait uh, x amount of time and then you come back out later and you'll pump it a few times and it'll fire up yeah, yeah, it's the strangest okay. thing. So so what I want you to do the next time it does that is continue to turn it over and pump it quickly. Let's see if we can get some some fuel up into the carburetion. My gut feeling is the fuel pump's probably gotten weak, Marianne. Oh, well, you know what? I had a new fuel pump put on last year. Okay. Has it been acting up since then, or...? Well, I I don't drive it in the winter, just in the sure. summer for car shows. Sure. And uh, so anyway, this year, uh, it, it's been doing that, and it's never done that before. I would look at the fuel pump then. You're right on track. The fuel filter? No, the pump itself. Since that was replaced and we've had issues really since, I would look at the fuel pump and make sure that it's you know installed correctly, it's the right pump, it's the right quality, all of that. Well, okay, back, I'm looking at the invoice, April of 27, 20, uh, 2020. Okay, so two years ago. I had ago. a new fuel pump put on. Okay, I would double-check that fuel pump and make sure it's working properly. Oh, okay. Because that's so what it sounds like to me. A, you don't think it's a fuel nope, filter? I do not. Okay, all right. Okay. Thank you so You're much. You're very welcome, Marianne. No, thank you. We want to get you back on the road and... Heading out to car shows. That's what this season is all about. Guys, I had a great day today, by the way. We really appreciate all the phone calls and uh, the, the messages that have come in, text messages. By the way, I know I say this a lot, but sometimes people hear it or sometimes they don't. And by the way, Mickey said 58 Apache, wide window V8, short bed fleet side. Also had a 63 two-door Impala and a 69 327 four-speed with 50,000 miles original. Yeah, Mickey, those would have been great cars to have kept one last text message see what this one says um 
Oh, and Ryan, thank you. Ryan just said great show today. Thanks. Ryan, thank you, by the way, for listening. You have a great weekend as well. And I was going to say text messages. If you text us even out of the show, you know, hours. So I, on my way home, a lot of times I'll get a message or two on the way home or even tomorrow. If you're listening to us on Sunday, we are not live, but I always answer those text messages as well. 307 200 8222. Again, 307 200 8222. I'll answer all those questions typically, even during the week. Doesn't make any difference. And it's, uh, it's real easy for me to do that. So on top of that, if you're listening to us on the Labor Day weekend, thank you so much. We do have a remote coming up the next week. Uh, listen to us through the week. We'll explain where that is and how to get there. I don't want to confuse anybody today, but there's a remote next weekend, which will be the first weekend of August. And then we've got one the very weekend after Labor Day weekend as well. Sportsman of Colorado, by the way, coming up next. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Appreciate it very much. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Have a great weekend. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.